like a clear call and response. There's not like a Halloween call and response chant where I say happy Halloween, you all boo like ghosts. Uh, That would be dangerous at a comedy show. I don't want people booing even if they're doing an impression of a ghost. Um, Actually, I do. Will you do it real quick? Yeah. Wait, wait for me to say happy Halloween. I just laid out the rules. Happy Halloween. It still felt bad. It still felt bad. I regret it. Uh, thank you all for being here. Um, does that, everyone know what they're going to be for how You're already wearing a costume. No. You're just wearing a captain's hat? You're just wearing a normal yeah. Tuesday captain's hat. <laughs> I didn't mean to make that a thing. What are you, what are you going to be for Halloween? Um, a ghost. A ghost. Yeah. All right. How, what are you going to wear for that? A big blanket? (laughs) Not a sheet, a blanket. That is going to be warm. Um, Does anyone else have a costume figured out? What are you going to be? I'm going to be a zombie hippie. A zombie hippie? Yeah, like a hippie who died and came back. A hippie who died and came back for uh, brains made out of soy. Um, What is the costume? What are you going to wear in the costume? You haven't gotten anything yet. That sounds like a hippie costume. You are waiting to find it in the street. Um, Very authentic. I applaud you. Uh, I am going to be, and this is a real test of who in this audience wants to be my friend. Uh, I, me and my boyfriend are going to be Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood. Thank you. One person knows what that is. Um, If you don't know... It's because you don't watch the Great British Baking Show. Um, Now do you know who I'm to? Yeah, oh yeah. My boyfriend is not happy about it because he has to uh, shave a goatee into his face to be Paul Hollywood, the mean judge on Great British Baking Show. Um, He wanted to be a cake instead. (laughs) And I said, no. Um, I'm excited about it. Last year I was a reverse mermaid. Uh, so fish on top uh, naked on bottom but like I did like flesh colored shorts and like a fake clamshell like Errol has on her on her tits Um, which I thought was a pretty clever costume but then all night everyone was like you're a fish Um, so I'm planning on getting uh, even less recognition this year on Halloween. It'll be great. I, uh, I, uh, I became an aunt recently. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, it, my, my sister did most of the work. Uh, 
but I was right there texting her. It's cool. You know, I really thought my parents loved me until they became grandparents. And it turns out they were giving me about 50%. Uh, I know what their love looks like now. It's a new thing I hadn't seen yet. Frankly, it's dazzling. Um, It's cool. It's just, you know, I'm the youngest of three. This is the first grandkid. Up until he came along, I was still the youngest, therefore the cutest. That's how that works. I had a good 30-year run. It ended very abruptly. That's all I'm saying. We've got a photo stream on our phones. Anytime my sister takes a picture of the baby, we all get a notification. There's a new picture of the baby. If we hang out with a baby, we can add a picture. That's not what I've been using it for. Uh, What I like to do is I like to upload pictures of myself doing just whatever the baby was doing in the last picture. Uh, But like a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like with more dexterity. He's cuter than me. I will give him that, but I put the triangle block right in the triangle hole. First try. None of this banging around on the box bullshit. It's got to be worth something. Raising kids seems really hard, uh, which is why I think I am strongly in favor of putting your kid on a leash, if you want to. Uh, People aren't on board with this, and I don't understand why. I've never seen a kid on a leash who didn't need that leash. You know what I mean? The leash is always taut. They're always like reaching for a stranger's mouth. Put your kid on a leash if you need to put your kid on a leash. Don't be so judgmental of people who need to do it. Everyone's like, well, you can't be that good of a parent if you need to put your kid on a leash. Yeah, there are a lot of bad parents out there. People are, on the whole, stupid. You know what I mean? Give them tools. I don't understand the arguments against putting your kid on a leash. It's always like, oh, I just, I want him to learn to explore, you know? As if explorers aren't history's worst monsters. (laughs) We shouldn't be encouraging that behavior. Maybe if Columbus's mom had put him on a leash as a child, he wouldn't have spent all of his adulthood raping and killing everyone he met. And they're like, well, what happens if you keep a kid on a leash and then when you take the leash off, the kid goes crazy? And to that I say, I'm not going to be there then. (laughs) We're all at the airport now. (laughs) I'd rather you leash your kid than your dog. I want your dog to come lick my face. (laughs) But if your kid does it, I'm calling TSA. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you have to put your kid on a leash. I'm just saying go easy on the people who put theirs on one. You know what I mean? Cut them some slack. Which, by the way, is a phrase that comes from leashes. We have leashes to thank for the phrase cut someone some slack. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to have kids. I don't want to be a mom. But I do want to be a grandma. Is there a way I can make that happen? Do I need to adopt a pregnant teenager? Is that... How do I make this? I just feel like being a grandma is the only way I'm going to actually be cool. Because uh, the bar for being cool as a grandma is so low. I'm not cool now. Sometimes people think I am, and I want to reassure you, I shush people often. Uh, 
I am not cool. <laughs> I go to parties, I smoke a little weed, I go home at nine. I'm not cool. But if you're a grandma and you do that, <laughs> still pretty cool. <laughs> it's crazy. All the stuff that makes you a terrible mom makes you a really cool grandma, too. Like, it makes no sense. Like, stuff you can't do as a mom. Like, if you're a mom, you can't just, like, cover your body in tattoos, do a bunch of meth, quit your job, go on a fuck rampage across Italy. But if you're a grandma and you do that, you get a book deal. How is that fair? Uh, Someone the other day told me I look tired. Uh, And I was like, uh, correct. I am tired. I have been tired since I was 14 years old. Pretty sure that's the last time I woke up with a pep in my step. And I've been tired 100% of the time since then. I wake up tired, I go to bed tired, I get middle of the day tired. No real reason for any of it. So if someone tells me I look tired, it's not really an insult to me, because all that tells me is that at some point in our relationship, they saw me looking not tired somehow. And there's a contrast happening? That's awesome. That's not an insult. That's just a compliment that took a few months to get here. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know I should probably uh, exercise more than the zero (laughs) I do now. Um, Maybe I wouldn't be so tired, I guess. It's hard for me to motivate, though, because as soon as I put on workout clothes, I feel done. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, the only reason I want to work out is so my pants will fit. If you get me in spandex, we did it. (laughs) Mission accomplished. I'm a vegetarian. That's probably not helping my energy levels. Uh, I'm a vegetarian, uh, which... uh, If you don't know what that is, it just means that um, people love arguing with me. Uh, People argue with me so much, as soon as they find out I'm a vegetarian, everyone's always just like, where do you get your protein? Like, that's not a weird question to ask someone. Like, that's not a very creepy thing (laughs) to wonder about someone you don't know. Uh, And it's never people who, like are super into nutrition who ask me that. You know what I mean? Like, it's never people who know where they get any of their vitamins other than protein. It's always people who eat two cheeseburgers a day who are obsessed with where I get my protein. They also ask, like, a lot of hypothetical questions, like, okay, okay, okay. But, like, imagine that you're, like, in the woods, right? And you have, like, no food. Would you eat a deer? And I'm always like, I mean, yes, I guess so, but can we back up a few steps and talk about how I ended up in the woods without my cell phone? Um, Because I feel like I make a lot of choices every day to avoid those kinds of situations. I feel like whether or not to break my vegetarianism is going to be low on my list of questions. Also, in this scenario, I'm athletic enough to hunt and kill a deer. That's 
Amazing. Fuck yeah, I'm eating it. I'm amazing. Up is down, black is white. Nothing makes sense in this world. I'm so excited for this election to be over. We're so close. We're so close. Oh my God. I, I have not seen this much fighting on Facebook since the dress. Uh... I kind of feel like Donald Trump is like the Airbud of this election. But I also think that Airbud was actually the villain of that movie. <laughs> think about it. Imagine you are one of the kids on the basketball team that has to play against Airbud. <laughs> You're just a kid who loves basketball. You know, you've been practicing basketball. You know the rules of basketball. You showed up to the gym that day expecting to play another child at basketball. That's Hillary Clinton. She's just big on fundamentals. She's like, put me in coach for the last 10 years. And then this fucking fluffy dog comes out who has no business on the court, distracting everyone. He's traveling like crazy. He doesn't know the rules. He can't know the rules. He is a dog. And everyone's just fine with it because there's nothing in the rule book that says a pumpkin-headed reality TV star can't be president? Let's write more rules. What are we waiting for? I should say, I have not seen Airbud. Uh, that doesn't seem pertinent to that joke. But in the spirit of full disclosure, I thought I'd let you know. Um, <clears throat> are you guys ready for a great show? Uh, that's been my time. I'm going to bring out your first comic. Uh, you can probably see him on the upcoming season of Roast Battle on Comedy Central. Please welcome the very funny Nate Craig. Hey, guys. How are you? My name's Nate. Um... Full disclosure, Donald Trump talks like I think about myself in my own head. <laughs> Not the racist shit, but just, I'll, just the fact, I got words, I got the best words. I say that to myself in my own head. <laughs> We're gonna win tremendous, I got big league words. <clears throat> and I think that's what people like about him, that's, they like that he just doesn't back off anything, you know? He, they've fucked up their whole lives. And that makes them feel like they don't have to take credit for their fuck-ups. You know? Voting for Donald Trump is way easier than admitting any of the shit that they've fucked up <laughs> in their lives. What else, what else does his... He's got one demographic. White people without a college degree. What else, what else do those people like about him? His poetry? Do they like his poetry? <laughs> Do they like the derby hat that he's made out of his own hair? Is that what they like? 
You've seen these people. They're the people responsible for dessert pizzas. I might vote for Donald Trump if he puts on and takes off a swim cap on national television. He wouldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And that's where liberals have misstepped. I mean, Hillary's going to absolutely mop this dude in a couple weeks. But the next time a psychopath runs for president, it's not going to be, he's not going to gift wrap the election like this. Okay? And when that happens, you need to bully a bully with fucking nonsense, okay? You have to challenge him to put on a fucking swim cap, if necessary, to, sh to shake the support of his maniac demographic, the one demographic. All right, well, that's just a, we'll put that in a time capsule and you can listen to that in 12 years, America. Um, I am from Wisconsin. I love living in Los Angeles. I love living in Los Angeles so much I, I am starting to enjoy uh, traffic. Uh, it's the only place in life where you can blame your problems on other people. And that's important. That's important. You need that. What are you supposed to do? Take credit for all of it? Mm -mm. No. Nope. But anywhere else in life, you blame your problems on other people, you're going to live a long, miserable life, and then you're going to start a suicide note with first of all. <laughs> but in traffic, let it flow. It's your own therapy box. Roll up the windows, let it rip. I, I yelled, I trusted you at a woman in traffic the other day. <laughs> I trusted you. What? Like we were in divorce court. The good news about life is that as you become a worse person, you will become a better driver. And that's important in Los Angeles, because traffic is a religion, and plastic surgery is an ethnicity. I live in Marina Del Rey. Thank you very much. Yeah. I live in Marina Del Rey, because gentrification is a problem. So I'm not afraid to live in a neighborhood that is nice and has always been nice. I don't need my neighborhood to have been taken from generations of Latino families. <laughs> that too close to home? Or should I say too close to someone else's home? Sure, would I like to go to a yoga studio that used to be a food pantry? Of course I would. Would I like to go to a chocolatier that used to help single mothers do their taxes? Obviously, I would like that. But some of us have to diversify Marina Del Rey. Now I just have a rent control. I live next to a yacht club in a rent control department because I like to keep rich people on their toes. I like to make eye contact while I hang my laundry from my patio furniture. I really appreciate it. I've been, I've been Nate Craig. Thank you very much. Nate Craig, everybody! Can I go in for him? I'm just going to keep the show moving right along. Your next comic is visiting us all the way from New York. He's a writer for the Chris Gethard Show. Woo. Yeah! How about a huge round of applause for Will Miles? Woo. 
What up, everybody? Yeah, feeling good. At a weird, I smoke a lot of weed, I'll start with that. And I uh, had a weird situation where I was in a circle of weed smokers outside of a show one night. And it was going around, and then this woman who was at the show uh, comes over sneakily and addresses us and like starts, starts smoking our weed, which is fine, because, uh, you know, it gets paid back later. But then, <laughs> so we're sitting there, and then she says, yeah, my mom was at the show, too. And I was like, oh, your mom was at the show? Cool. And she was like, yeah, my mom's favorite child. And so then I asked her how many kids her mom had, and her response to that was, there were four. <laughs> Isn't that the most fucked up thing you've ever heard? <laughs> What's my next move there? I don't know. Do I ask the horrible question that comes next? Like, what happened to one? Oh, you killed him? I should have known. Yeah. That makes total sense. Never wanted to leave a session more than that situation. I smoke a lot of weed. I knew I was high earlier today because I was watching the news, and there's one sign, but also... <laughs> I was watching the news, and I said out loud to no one, Man, this is a pretty good episode. It's <laughs> not how it's supposed to go. <laughs> so I knew I was stoned. I was wide. I was like, this is great. I texted my girl, like, we got something new to watch. Let's watch. It's in this last season, clearly. Uh, <laughs> I watched it. I watched Pix 11 News in New York. It's a type of news program that's okay at best. I don't like good news, you know? I don't watch news for the facts. I watch it for the entertainment. So, I'm like the rest of America. Uh, <laughs> but I like Pix11 because it's like, okay. Like, you know how normally somebody's processed the news before they deliver it and they've heard it before? Not Pix11. <laughs> they figure it out as we're watching them. <laughs> like, they came back from commercial break one day. I was watching, the woman was just like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> and just talked to all of her friends, like, did you guys see this yet? Did you read this? It's like, no, what? I love it. I feel like I'm a part of the news. I like that station uh, specifically for that, but also they have a segment called What a Shame, uh, hosted by Arnold Diaz. And when you're stoned in the middle of the day and the words What a Shame come on the screen in big letters, you pay attention. So I watched it. I was like, yeah, I know. I should be doing something right now. And it's great. I watch it now. I've, this guy, Arnold Diaz, is a great host. He's been hosting the news for 25 years. He's done a lot. He goes, What a Shame now. Before this, he hosted a segment called Shame on You. And before that, he hosted a segment called Shame, Shame, Shame. <laughs> so this guy's the king of branding. And his brand is shame. And he is killing it. He just takes trivial problems that people have during their day and just adds, what a shame at the end. It's like, oh, they had a difficult experience at Best Buy. It's not that bad. <laughs> it shouldn't be news. I like TV because it lets me know I don't have quite the weed problem I thought I did. Because I was watching one day, and I woke up that morning, and I was high, and I was like, shit, I shouldn't get high every day. This is crazy. But then I watched an interview with pop punk legend Billy Idol. And I don't watch or listen to much of his music, but I couldn't find the remote, so it became a very interesting interview. <laughs> and I watched it, and they asked him, they said, Billy Idol, are you sober? And his response was, I mean... <laughs> it's not a good response to that question. <laughs> Then he kept going. He was like, I mean, I don't want to say I'm sober, because if I say I'm sober, I'm going to want to do heroin. So I just don't say anything and then have the occasional joint and the occasional drink. So he's not sober at all is what he could have said. 
but he found a pretty cool way to say it. So now when people ask me if I'm sober, I just go, hey, I don't do heroin. And then they just stop talking to me altogether. <laughs> kind of works out for everybody. Kind of love it. I've been traveling a little bit. I like, I like comedy because it takes me places. Uh, but then I also don't like it because it takes me to, to those places. <laughs> like I, I was in Cincinnati recently. It's kind of a cool place, I guess. Uh, it's okay. If you're from there, it's awesome. If you're not, don't go. Uh, <laughs> it's an interesting place. I, I did shows out there, and I don't know if I have a huge deaf fan base, but I had a bunch of deaf people at my show, which was a little bit shocking to me. It is cool to have deaf people at your show, though, because if deaf people at your show, you know they came just to see you. But um, <laughs> thank you very much. That's the best joke you've ever heard, I know. But no, so I did those shows, and the whole time you're on stage, when you do shows for deaf people, you have a, a, a translator. This translator happened to be white and short, nice lady, and she was at the side of the stage the entire time signing everything I said. It's kind of cool, but I use the N-word a lot, and I wasn't sure if we had made an agreement yet <laughs> on whether or not you can sign it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> There's really no rule, so I had to find out on stage, and I kept being like, so I was talking to this one nigga, and then look over at her and be like, what's up? <laughs> What's your next move? What are you about to do? And I don't know if anyone knows sign here, but she did this. And there's no way that's it, right? <laughs> there's no way that this is the N-word in sign. Like, I feel so weird out in public now. <laughs> like, I have to rethink every interaction I've ever had on the street. Somebody walking by like, yo, yo, like, hey, man, fuck you. <laughs> I was telling that story once, and a woman yells out from the crowd. She goes, it means peace. And I was like, no, I know, like, yeah. Two fingers, I get two fingers means peace. I, she was like, no, no, no. They mean the same thing. And I was like, holy shit. So in sign language, nigga means peace. They may not be able to hear, but they are woke as fuck. <laughs> when will the rest of the world catch up? I do like uh, living in New York. I ride the bus a lot out there. It's fun. And uh, it's cool. It's fine. I was on there once, and this crazy woman was on there. And I know she was crazy because she was standing at the bus doing my favorite thing where somebody would walk on and she'd be chill. And then the minute they walked past her, she'd go, ah! It's great. It's the best thing to happen on a morning commute. <laughs> Just see a woman constantly scaring strangers. It's awesome. And it happened so much that everybody on the bus was in on the joke after a while. <laughs> And we were just waiting for the next victim to get on. Like, started bonding. Like, look, she's about to do it again. Def, she's going to do it again, right? And she'd go, ah, and we'd be like, yes, yeah, she did it again. High five. Best trip ever. So that goes on for a while, and we know she's crazy off that. That's just a clear sign that somebody's a little bit nuts. So we're standing. I'm standing on the bus, and it's kind of crowded. And uh, I'm holding on to the bar. I've given up my seat. And right next to me is another extremely muscular black dude. And so... <laughs> It's like me, Idris Elba, and then she's all the way down the line, and she drops all of her bags and looks our way and just goes, ooh, I bet you got a big, fat, juicy dig. <laughs> she said it twice, too. I bet you got a big, old, fat, juicy dig. And I had to back up so that everyone could know that she was talking about me. Because uh, <laughs> he was blocking my way. I raised my hand like, thanks, Gladys. Her name wasn't Gladys. But no, she was talking to him, but then it was weird because I looked at everyone's face on the bus and you could tell in their eyes, they all started to think like about that guy. They, they had the thought of like, man, I think that guy, I think that guy might have a big fat juicy dick. <laughs> so she influenced everyone's thoughts on that bus 
And it was really the first time I understood politics at all. <laughs> so I was like, oh, five minutes ago, this person was completely insane. But now we're just going to take their word on other people's genitals. Uh, <laughs> all right, you guys have been fun. Thanks. I'm Will Miles. Peace. so excited uh she's here she's also visiting from new york and she's just one of my absolute fucking favorites please welcome julia rossi thank you um it's i'm gonna it's actually my birthday thank you so much enough where the last time I did Molly it was called ecstasy so that just gives you and it was a good time I um I don't know I'm getting older I feel at peace like I like myself more but I, I don't like it when people say things like oh age ain't nothing but a number I'm like yeah that affects your fertility you know like there is repercussions to age that are scientific no matter how many quotes you put in your apartment but I uh it doesn't there's some, you, you die the older you get. But I, uh, I don't even know if I want kids, but I want the option to have them forever. And, uh, and I feel weird now because my boyfriend and I, we do the pull-out method because it's like, whatever. And, uh, and I always feel weird because when he, you know, like celebrates on my stomach, I use uh, baby wipes to clean them off. And I feel like that's very on the nose. You know, like it's just like, Goodbye, Giovanni, you know? So long, Mariana. Like, those are my possible babies going down the toilet. Only if they're flushable. I, uh, I live in New York, and I don't really know if I want to raise kids in New York. Maybe. I don't know. It's like, it's a cool place. There's, there's, some, there's perks. Uh, things are open late, which is nice. And uh, sometimes I'll go to the deli late at night, and I'll get ice cream. And uh, whenever I do that, I always make sure to also buy condoms so that nobody thinks that I'm lonely. Um... <laughs> And so I can fuck my ice cream. I just feel something cold in my body. And I'm also lactose intolerant, so I want to be safe. That is, um, that's not a joke. That's just a, the truth. I didn't mean to bring up such a severe health issue, but I, uh, it's been really hard. I, uh, my parents are from Italy, and so not being able to eat dairy has been very difficult for me, I'm not looking for sympathy, but you know, my parents came to this country on a block of mozzarella, so it was very hard. <laughs> That's how they immigrated, and to watch them all eat lasagna all the time has just been, it's been tough. And I, uh, <laughs> but what I hate is whenever I go to the deli late at night to get ice cream, the, the guy at my deli always says something like, oh, big plans, you know, like, fuck you, right? Like, why, why are you saying big plans to fish food frozen yogurt? Okay, you know what my plans are. Yet, when someone buys an assault rifle, nothing, right? That's, that's when you ask big plans. That's when you say, hey, what the fuck are you doing with that? Like, that's, I'm, this is just ice cream time. Um, leave me alone. I, uh, that's my only gun joke. I don't like guns. That's it. That's the only joke. <laughs> I, uh, are we trying to take away your guns? Yeah. I, um, 
I don't like I, all the issues. I don't know what to do. I, I'm trying to think of the perfect tweet to solve everything. I don't know what it is. I just get very <laughs> overwhelmed with all the issues, like the cops. That's another thing. It, they're, I, it's sad. My mom, my immigrant Italian mom, was asking me like what the deal is with cops and black people. And I was telling her, and she very sincerely was trying to relate. She goes, oh, I understand. That's like uh, last week they do the construction in front of the house. I pulled the car up. The cop said, drive around. I said, I live here! And I was like, yes, that is exactly like Black Lives Matter. So, hashtag Leah Razi, if you can all keep her in your thoughts. Uh, oh, it's so overwhelming. It's why, and I just, I just, I'm so glad weed is basically legal because it's the only thing that helps right now. I, I like weed. I More than weed, I love re, like weed review videos. Those are great. I don't know if anyone's watched those on YouTube, but they are absolutely spectacular. It's just like a doctor, but it's just a hot girl in a lab coat, and she's got glasses on, and she has all this marijuana in front of her, and she tells you what each strain does, and she picks one up, and she's... Oh my god, this one is like really amazing because like it helps you be creative, but like it also helps you relax. And then she'll pick up another one. She's like, and this one's like really amazing because like it makes you feel artistic, but you can also chill. And then she'll pick up another one. And she's like, and this one's really amazing because it makes you want to like make stuff, but you can also nap. And I'm like, it's just all weight. Like just let's just let's just stop. It's all the same. Like you know, like tell me if the weed does something very different. You know, tell me which weed will make my dad proud of me. Like, that's the one that I want delivered all the time. So, if anyone knows where that one is. I, uh, I like weed to get high. I like to get high. It's really my self-esteem that likes to get high. And uh, I uh, thank you one person who felt, feels the same about... I like myself now. I didn't like myself four years ago. I know this because I was dating an unemployed ghost hunter. And... Uh, I... Uh, he, he didn't have a job. He just, uh, he had an app on his phone that was, uh, that beeped whenever a ghost was around. <laughs> I've been trying to write jokes, but I'm like, yeah, that's it. And I, uh, I, I did, I, I, that relationship was, I didn't realize that you could just fuck somebody and never talk to them again. I don't know if you guys know that. You could just move on with your life. You don't have to live with them and their mom for three and a half years. But I, uh, I've just never been good at like casual sex which whenever I say that I just imagine people in sweatpants humping just being like totes cash you know like I just I get attached to people and so I get into relationships very quickly and like I don't want to speak for all women but for me sometimes I would have casual sex with someone you know we would hook up no feelings it was great right but then other times I have casual sex with someone and I don't want to have feelings for them but then their penis goes in my body and it touches my heart and I'm like I love you <laughs> I don't want to love you but you just came into my life literally and I just the you know the oxytocin and all, it's just and this is what it is right okay so my body is my home right so if I have cleaned up and I've invited somebody over, I want them to stay for a while or at least come back to visit, right? But some people, they only want to hang out in the basement, right? And I understand because the basement, people on the podcast, I'm pointing my vagina, the basement uh, is, this is being recorded. Anyways, I, uh, basement, funnest part of the house, right? That is where people, you know, like you go and play spin the bottle when you're a teenager and you drink, you know, drink 
beer and it's like fun time in the basement and sometimes people don't want to travel up to the attic because that's where the crazy clown doll lives and they're like ah right we're the lights so so dark up here it's just cluttered with boxes that say dad you know it's just I don't want to be here okay thanks bye exciting for you guys that you got to spend it with her. Um, you guys ready for your next comic? Yeah. He's so funny. Um, he runs a great show every Thursday at the Virgil called Big Money. Please welcome the very funny Brian Cook. What's up, gang? I live, uh, I live in a weird neighborhood not very far from here. It's, it's kind of in the midst of a lot of change. Uh, the best way I can illustrate this is by telling you that on the one hand, this summer, we got a billboard advertising cucumber water. <laughs> Not a brand of cucumber water. The concept of cucumber water. Other parts of the city, they're very concerned about things like free HIV testing or the fact that syphilis has made a comeback in L.A. Not Silver Lake. We just want to make sure that your waters get a little extra... Because we've run out of fucking problems, apparently. <laughs> Billboards advertising cucumber water are the fourth fucking horseman of the gentrification apocalypse. <laughs> it feels like there's no turning back. But on the other hand, the other day, I figured out that my neighborhood, like Nate was talking about, has a Boost mobile store. And as I was driving by it, I noticed a sign advertising that that store buys and sells Bitcoin. <laughs> What the fuck? First of all, if you pay your Boost mobile bill with Bitcoin, you just turn into the bass player from Hoobastank. Instantly. Is there a younger reference for you kids that I could throw out there? I just love, though, that somehow Boost mobile stores have become like this weird one-stop shop for creeps of every race, creed, and color. Just like, what do you need? Uh, burner phones for drug dealers? We got those. What else do you need? Cryptocurrency for dudes that want to buy dog porn untraceably online? Yeah, we got that too. We got you. Come on down to Boost Mobile. Like, how bad are things at Boost Mobile at this point? They're like, get on in here. We got phones for drug dealers. We got Bitcoin. $4 footlongs. <laughs> Fucking used grills. We got bootlegged Pop-Tarts. We got uh, chinchilla pelts. Underage tattooing in the back on Thursdays. There's a homeless guy. You can fight him for eight bucks. Boostmobile.com. Come on. I don't know what accent you can still use to make somebody sound dumb. Like, everyone... I'm, it's become this, like, Queens slash South Boston thing. I might settle on the South eventually. There's only three dumb accents that we can still use as white people. All right. Uh, I, uh, let's give, give it up for clowns real quick. It's been a rough couple of weeks for clowns. It's been tough out there for a clown. It's, uh, it's so fucked up. There's been so many scary clown sightings that McDonald's announced they're pulling back on Ronald McDonald. This is 100% true. They've decided to cut out his personal appearances for a while, which is fucked up, man, because if I was Ronald McDonald, I would want an alibi. <laughs> If somebody's like, hey, man, I heard that uh, there was a clown down here trying to lure kids into the woods. Do you know any clowns? I'd be like, yeah, I know one. <laughs> Let's see what that spooky motherfucker Ronald's been up to for the last couple of weeks. 
He would want to have proof. He'd want to have pictures from a franchise grand opening in Paramus, New Jersey to prove that he was nowhere near there. It's funny to me. I like the last time a fast food chain was pulling back this hard on their spokesman, Jared Fogel was fogging up windows outside a children's ballet class. It's a flawless joke and you can all go fuck yourselves. You hear that? That's laughter from the green room. That's proof that that was good. Or else just someone farted. Comics are dumb. Comics are dumb. Uh, my favorite thing about it, though, is every time there's another creepy clown sighting, the newscasters all refer to it as, a man dressed as a clown. Yeah, we know. That's what clowns are. No one's confused by this. No one thinks clowns might be a race. No one chooses to be a clown. You are born a clown. But that did not stop clowns from trying to have a Clown Lives Matter rally last week. This is 100% true. They canceled it at the last minute, but they were good. First of all, you're not even co-opting the right slogan. Clown Lives Matter? No one's killing clowns. Clowns are fucking with us. If you're going to co-opt somebody else's fucking struggle, at least use one that matters. It should be hashtag not all clowns. Some of you think you might be offended by that and you're going to think about it and you're not sure why. I don't get why clowns don't just lean into it. If I was a clown, I would just be going with this. Are you kidding me? This is the coolest clowns have been since John Wayne Gacy. You know how many years it's going to take to undo the damage done by juggalos? No one's afraid of juggalos? You fake violent babies? Come on. Now we got these real street-ass clowns out there stabbing people, luring kids into the woods. What if that was your threat? What if somebody fucked with you as a clown? They were like, hey, fuck you, clown, I'll cut you. And you're just like, I'll lure your kids into the woods. That's some scary shit. That's the scariest thing you can say to another person. By the way, it's not fair to do this to clowns this time of year. This is Halloween, man. This is supposed to be the sweet spot for clowns. It's not cool. They're pulling clown costumes off shelves. The clown industry is at an all-time low. It's bullshit. I'd want to go with it, man. I would want to go with the violent reputation of clowns if I could. If I could just start identifying as clown tomorrow and nobody would call me out on it, I would totally do that. You know, I would just show up to work in the morning. They'd be like, come on, man. We know you weren't a clown last week. Be like that kid sophomore year that showed up with a mohawk and everyone was like, we all know you love ska, dude. I just, every time Halloween comes around, I realize what a shitty parent I would be. Because like, if I had a daughter last year and she was like, daddy, why don't any of the Ghostbusters look like me? I'd be like, because life is pain. Shut the fuck up. Oh, grow up, you fucking children. What, you think you just get to be everything? No one gets to be everything. Most people don't get to be anything. The problem is, your shitty parents let you growing up thinking you could be anything, and that's why you take UCP classes. The fact of the matter is, you ain't shit. None of you are shit. None of us are shit. But the problem is, you all grew up looking up to fictional characters like superheroes and presidents. No, that's real. I blame your parents for this. You know why? They should have made you grow up reading Archie and Jughead. No one's disappointed by shit if they grew up reading Archie and Jughead. Because their lives were terrible the entire time. Archie and Jughead is just about pain. You're not going to grow up thinking you can melt steel with I-beams if you read Archie and Jughead. Archie had to choose between the blonde and the brunette, and then he died in the end. Like life. Ha ha ha!
the most pathetic mic drop of all time. Yeah, it just fell out of the, sta- out of the stand and then he cried for 10 minutes. Anyway, I've been Nate Craig. Thanks a lot. Keep it going for Brian Cook, everybody. Archie and Jughead was unrealistic. My redheaded father grew up thinking he was going to get to choose between two gorgeous women. I think he would tell you that was not what happened. Um, But my mom's a prize, you guys. She's great. I didn't mean to drag her into this. I'm just going to stand up here until it gets max awkward. That's okay. Uh, You guys ready for your next comic? That was almost there. (laughs) You guys ready for your next comic? You can see her on Acting Out on MTV this year. Please welcome the very funny Riley Silverman. It's fine. Emily, I don't think they're all going to run home and DVR, and I think you're okay. (laughs) Hey, guys. How are you? I am excited. I am at a really good point right now in my gender transition where a trace amount of sexism is really validating for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know how to process that as a person. Like, it's a weird... Because there's like a point where like as a feminist, I'm like, hey, you shouldn't be behaving like that. But as a lady, he's been seen as who she is. I'm like, thank you for being inclusive, though. It's really cool of you. <laughs> I got lunch this week at a restaurant, and the owner was like the server, and he, he called me Darlin at the end. I'm like, thank you for coming in, Darlin. I'm like, oh my God, so many of my friends would write blogs about you. But I am going to give you a big-ass tip. This is going to be great. You're going to love that you did that today. This is fantastic. Uh, man, like if someone calls me ma'am, I'm like, you got it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. That's, that's, that's my name. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I got catcalled recently for the first time. That was awesome the one time only. It was great. I was walking through a neighborhood, and a guy was playing guitar on a stoop. He saw me walk by, and he goes, hey, girl, you like music? And I do like music, but I don't like getting stabbed, so I just kept on walking, because that story can go south real fast. And uh, what happened was, then I heard his buddy go, hey, man, that's not a girl. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to get stabbed. Oh. It's okay. I'm here telling a joke. I survived. It's fine. It's not like a weird horror story Halloween show where like, this necklace comes off, my head falls off. We're fine. It's like, Riley was dead for three years. No, uh, what happened was, actually, it was a great thing. Uh, so the buddy said, hey, man, that's not a girl. And then he added, that's a woman. Yeah, it was pretty great. Except I didn't know how to respond to that because the only response you can give to that exact situation is to stop, flip your hair, and name a shampoo. It's like the only thing in the chamber. It's just like, hey man, that's not a girl, that's a woman. And then you're like, Feria by L'Oreal. I know I'm getting treated by like a lady a lot more because I can no longer post any opinions on the internet. That's been a new... That's actually been true for a long time because as much as they hate women, they really hate trans women. Um, It's like we're like an extra level of difficulty. Um, But I think it's... I don't like getting shit on on the internet for being trans because they're usually real bad at it. 
Like, I'm just, I'm tired of lazy ass bigots. Like, I want you to be good at being a bigot. Like, the first thing a bigot always says to me ever is you're a man. And I'm like, you can't get me with that. I called myself a man for 27 years. You're not gonna win this argument, all right? Like, I, although if a, if a enemy calls me a man, I'm like, fuck you. If a friend calls me a man, I'll cry for six months. Like, that's how my life goes. So if you wanna really get me, pretend to love me for like a really long time and then just pull the rug out from underneath me. That'll be delightful. Uh, also, so then they say something like that, but this one guy recently was coming at me online and he's like, what the fuck, you're a man. I'm like, oh, okay, good for you. Um, and then he added, look what you did to yourself. That one got me. Because I don't know what he meant by that. Like, that is, that is a lot of esoteric, like, existential knowledge just to throw at me all of a sudden. Like, what did I do to myself in what facet of my life? Like... My relationship with my parents, career-wise, would bring something to the table here. I need to find out what you're talking about. Do you mean my body? Because I have a lot of news for you. A lot of what I did to myself, I did with chicken fingers and cheeseburgers. Let's not blame this all on hormones. <laughs> if anything, what I did to myself was like I took the fat that I had, and then estrogen made it fun and curvy and cool to play with. Like that's what happened. <laughs> I did to myself and then also what else did I do to myself well since coming out as trans like you heard sort of my intro tonight I, uh, I have been on TV twice this year so that's been pretty cool that's a direct result of being open as trans and uh, better yet I now have female orgasms yeah take a second it's pretty great yeah it's like the best thing I ever did to myself in my life I didn't know that was a side effect like that was not on the brochure it was not it was not an episode of Transparent because I was already out. But still, it wasn't like, like they were like, oh yeah, so you'll be totally ostracized and made fun of the internet, but you will come like you've never come before. Because I were to sign the fuck up because I never did that well with that before. That was great. So yeah, I, uh, that's a thing that happens now. And it's like, I didn't know it. because Okay, so basic science, just to get real quickly. Um, the human body parts are kind of the same at the beginning and they have kind of the same basic pieces and then hormones make them change into innies or outies. I got an outie. Big mistake trying to fix that problem, um, but like so now, like my my switches are all flipping because I've been on estrogen for 19 months, and so what I'm trying to explain to you is that like basically the tip of the penis is the same building block as the clitoris. So what I'm trying to explain to you right now is that I am rocking a clitoris on a pole. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I am telling you? I have a G spot that literally anybody can find. <laughs> It's kind of like if you've ever been wearing like a dress or a skirt and then you reach down one day after like a year or whatever and you realize one day suddenly out of nowhere that it has pockets. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my God, what? Has that been there the whole time? Have I always been able? My cell phone vibrates. <laughs> Here's the thing about that chunk of material. I've been doing that now for a little over a month and a half, two months six years, whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> doing the material and what started happening is that after shows, couples will approach me well, sheepishly. It's always like a guy and a girl and like you can tell they've been talking about it and they'll be like, hey, uh, we have a question to ask you. Um, so you're, you're doing that material about orgasms. Um, who, has, who has better orgasms, men or women? So apparently I'm literally a character now from Greek mythology. <laughs> And I always laugh in their face when they ask me that question because it's not even a goddamn contest. Are you kidding me? It is so much better now. I never had an orgasm before. Let's put it that way. I used to sneeze from my crotch. That's what I used to do. 
Now I have trouble walking for a few hours if I saw Ghostbusters in the theater, all right? Let's not be blaming shit. Let's not be like thinking of random ideas, not blaming things. Uh, Here's how good my orgasms are now. I am afraid to do this material too much because estrogen will sterilize a, a man. So I am afraid that if I keep doing it, like suddenly estrogen's going to become some new recreational come hard drug. Because <laughs> here's the thing. When I said I had female orgasms, women applauded me. That never happened when people thought I was a dude. That would never be... If I came on stage and said, I come really hard, you guys would call the police. Like that's... <laughs> Every guy I ever met wanted to come really badly and then wanted to get the farthest fuck away from whatever made him come once it happened. That's how guys orgasm. Women we have parties for. We sell toys and we high-five each other. Like, here's how much I don't want to do this material. I'm afraid of it because I'm afraid at some point a government agency is going to kick in the door while I'm on stage doing this material. Like, I'm the scientist in a disaster film who knows what's coming. I just picture them throwing me into a car, taking me to some special party where the president is. They're like, throw on a jack, you're going to meet the leader of the free world. <laughs> and they're like, listen, we know what you're saying is true. There's a lot of scared people out there who don't understand what's happening. <laughs> and I'm like, they're going to feel this in New York. <laughs> right, thank you guys very much. I'm Robbie Silverman. Thank you. Keep it going for Riley, everybody. We have one more comic. Have you guys been having fun so far? Um, I'm so excited for your final comedian tonight. Uh, he has a new podcast with Kyle Kinane called Boogeyman. It's, he's just one of the best. Uh, please put your hands together for Dave Stone. There we go. Hey, everybody. Going on, final comic of the night. One more time for Emily Heller. Oh boy, oh boy, it's Halloween. It's Halloween time. I went to a Halloween parade the other day. Well, three weeks ago, a month before Halloween, I went to a Halloween parade. Uh, that's not the point. Uh, this is uh, this this ground has been covered before. But why are we waving at the Grand Marshal? Who is that? Why are we? I get it if it's, I get the concept if it's like a D-list celebrity. Like, oh, look at that. It's Pat Sajak. Holy shit. Uh, this was just some old lady. Like, they didn't even really announce who she was. It was like clearly a senior citizen, which is sweet, but like nobody made it clear who she was. It was in a Halloween parade. There were zombies and hellboys and war rigs. Leading the pack, 62-year-old Janice Covington, who, I guess, filed the permits. I don't know. I don't know why we were waving at her. Timmy, wave at Miss Janice. She's on the Chamber of Commerce, I think. I don't, I don't know who she is, really, but it's a parade. Oh, man. I got really bored yesterday and uh, did mushrooms. Um, don't do mushrooms out of boredom, because the expectations are too high. I, uh... It's true. I had a bad trip. Not like a negative, like it didn't fuck me up. It was just, bleh. This is, uh, I live in Glendale. I went to a park and did mushrooms and stood for five hours. <laughs> just in a public park. Just me. <laughs> well, them clouds are crazy. Look at that. I'm seeing weird shit in the clouds. Yeah, you can do that without uh, tripping on mushrooms, Dave. <laughs> 
And I thought like I would, you know, I've done mushrooms before. I thought I would, you know, oh, I'm going to do mushrooms, break the boredom, and maybe I'll learn something about the world or myself. And uh, five hours, I came up with two things. Uh, breakfast hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Put scrambled eggs on a hot dog. There you go. Came up with that one. And... Uh, the other thing I came up with, and maybe you can help me with this. Uh, all right, hypothetically, if you were to take a, a, an above-ground swimming pool, stick with me, and fill it with uh, peanut M&Ms and jump in, would, would, would you plunge? Would you penetrate? I still don't know. Like, I spent several hours thinking about that one. Like, all right, the difference being, like, all right, if you had, like, a pool full of steel ball bearings and you did a belly flop, you'd just break your ribs, you know? But, like, if they were, like, uh, the little fun balls, like at Chuck E. Cheese, you'd, you'd, you'd go in. But, like, uh, peanut M&M's, I don't know. So, stay off drugs, kids. I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm always broke because the price of jerky keeps going up. Uh, it's about to ruin me. Uh, I'm scraping by, though. A little help from my friend Coinstar. You guys fuck with Coinstar? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd be dead if it weren't for Coinstar. Uh, you see the people in the grocery store using that machine the correct way? You see the person in there with, like, the five-gallon water jug filled with silver change? Holy shit. Uh, once a year, they cash it in, go to the circus, buy a dune buggy. I don't know what people do with money. Uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't designed for my method. About every other week, I stagger in with my tiny disposable Tupperware container. That small one with the blue lid designed to hold one sandwich. Uh, but mine's not even full. I can't even fill that thing up. So it's, it's, when I'm walking across the parking lot, it's jingling like a homemade failure tambourine. Just chugga, chugga, chugga. Hey, look out, everybody. $7 worth of dirty nickels coming through. Yay, Dave's going to Taco Bell. Oh, man. Pretty depressing. I, uh, I'm a pretty adventurous eater. You don't get this physique without taking a few chances. Uh, I like to eat. Used to, not so much. I was a vegetarian for three years until recently. That's not a joke. I know it looks like a joke. Yeah, fat vegetarian. Good job, asshole. Yeah, I didn't read the pamphlet properly. I, uh, they kicked me out of the club. They're like, dude, you're, this is bad PR. They didn't need me at a PETA rally in an ill-fitting T-shirt. Go veg! I did. That doesn't work. I tried it because I honestly, I thought I could lose some weight. For three years, I ate nothing but rice and tofu and veggies and cupcakes and donuts and fried pies and fried cheese and cream cheese and mayonnaise sandwiches. And it didn't work. Stupid diet, guys. I don't recommend it. But I gave it up, though, man. I, I like food too much. Now I'm eating meat with a vengeance, honey-baked hams, live rabbits, whatever. I, uh, I fucking... I love to eat, man. I like to cook. I don't understand people don't know how to cook at all. I've got friends that just have zero skills in the kitchen. And I'm not saying everybody's got to be like a five-star chef, but you eat every day. If we're lucky, we're all going to eat two or three times a day for the rest of our lives. Why not learn to cook just a little? Just something. Don't even have to be healthy. Just something you like. I got friends just no idea. That's like, it's like not knowing how to go to the bathroom. Imagine every time you went to take a piss, it was just a disaster. Just pee flying everywhere. Toilet paper in your hair. What do I do? Fucking figure it out, man. It's amazing I know how to cook it all. I, uh, I, uh, I come from a long line of terrible cooks. My mom, my grandmother. I'm from the South. Here's a stereotype about the South that's not true. Not all memals know how to cook. Yeah. 
like to romanticize it. Grandma was a great cook, not mine. Terrible cook. Sweet lady. Terrible cook. Just, uh, we'd eat over at her house like uh, once a week. She had like a rotation of like four or five terrible things. Oh, sloppy joes. Thanks, Memma. This is prison food. Let me get another sloppy joe. Uh, she would put, this is true, she would put Kraft American singles on anything and just call it casserole. Hey, spaghetti casserole. Here, David, have some hot dog casserole. Thanks, Memma. That's what we called her, Memma. That's a great grandma nickname. And the ironic thing is, all day long, she was watching cooking shows. I remember when I was a kid, there was only two back then. She watched uh, Julia Childs, the personification of Big Bird, and, uh, and then the Cajun dude, Justin Williams, who that guy. So all day long, she was watching those shows. None of that shit rubbed off on her. None of it ever. Was terrible cook. I would have loved to seen her have a cooking show. I'd watch that shit. Oh, if she was around today on the Food Network. Welcome to supper time with Memo. Today we're going to tackle my grandson's favorite dish, hot dog casserole. Now, start by boiling up a pack of hot dogs. You just want to heat them up. Our good friend Oscar Meyer has already done the cooking for you. Chop those up into little bitty bits, place it in a microwave-safe bowl, and then top it with four or five of your favorite cheese slices. Now, you can use any cheese you prefer. I like the taste of the Kraft Singles because they're typically on sale. Once the cheese is applied, place it into the microwave, and I don't know how long I normally microwave it. I just hit the popcorn button. In the event that your microwave does not have a popcorn button, you can sing one of your favorite Baptist hymnals. <laughs> throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is drifting away. Bing, okay, it's ready. <laughs> David, get in here and eat your hot dog casserole. David loves his wieners and cheese. He calls it wieners and cheese. I call it hot dog casserole. When we get back from commercial break, we'll prepare his other favorite dish, hamburger steak. Here's a tip. It's just a hamburger without the bun. And for dessert, an assortment of hard candies. This has been Supper Time with Mimo on the Food Network. That's enough of me, guys. Y'all, uh, thanks for coming out. Keep supporting UCB. Show. Did you guys have a good time? Thank you so much for coming out. Please come back. We're here every Tuesday. Have a great night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> 
Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. Ah! Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.